1: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
0: In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 Weight Loss.
2: Shakespeare's great drama. Come in. Welcome. I'm E.G. Marshall. To be or not to be? That is not the question in the tale we're about to unfold, but there will be parallels to Shakespeare's great drama which even the people involved recognize. Murder most foul. A spirit doomed to walk the earth. A murderer who, well... Douglas, mm. wake up. you are here. We are concerned with the Cardwell family. Douglas, the young man, Edmund, his father, and Gertrude, his mother.
3: Douglas? Douglas, are you awake? Douglas, wake up. Mm. Douglas, mm. wake up. Uh. Will you please wake uh. up? What?
4: What's... Oh. What is it, Mother? Is something wrong?
3: You'll have to get up later. Well, call Dr. Peterson. Of course, he'll be here in a few minutes. He's... He's arranging for the ambulance and all that. Ambulance? But what... Are you sick or something, Mother? I'm perfectly all right. It's your father. Pop? What's wrong with him? I've told your father, I've told him over and over again, that if he kept on with this kind of life he's been leading, he'd have to pay the price sooner or later. Well... Now he's paid for it. What do you mean? Douglas, your father is dead.
2: Our mystery drama, That Hamlet Was a Good Boy, was written especially for the mystery out of Field in Farrington and stars Will McKenzie and Jennifer Harmon. A boy has lost his father. Well, not a boy, really. Douglas Cardwell is a young man, out of college and already experimenting with adult life and its potentialities. But when a boy or a man, at no matter what age, loses his father, it's loss. The funeral is over, marking the death as utterly final. And Douglas and his mother are returning to the home now tenanted by two instead of three people. At least, in the natural course of things, tenanted only by two.
3: Oh, Uh, Drapes back, will you, Douglas? And open some windows. I, I never could understand why a house has to be darkened and all that.
4: What? The, uh,
3: the drapes... Oh, for heaven's sake, you've got to stop this mooning about. Your father's been dead for three days now, and I haven't heard a half dozen words out of you.
4: I was very fond of my father. I miss him. I'm sorry if you think I'm overdoing it, but I miss him. Please open the drapes. My father was a good man. I'd better
3: set you straight
4: about your father. I'm already straight about him. I don't need to be set.
3: He always showed you his best side, I know. He never let you see the side of him I had to live with.
4: I've always known what was going on. Oh, have you indeed? Did you know that your father was a drunkard? Oh, come on, Mother. He took a drink now and then. But my father was a good man.
3: Your father was a ne'er-do-well. We live in the finest
4: house in Branbury. The very finest, right?
3: <laughs> a house which your father inherited from his father. He
4: owned the glass, <laughs> which employs almost half the people in this town,
3: right? Managed? Mismanage would be more accurate. Do you know that? But how can you call him a ne'er-do-well? I'll tell you how. He could have been a millionaire several times over just by scribbling his name at the bottom of an agreement. He could have. But would he do it? No, no, not your father. He knew I wanted him to, and that's why he wouldn't.
4: You're talking about his refusal to sell the glassworks, aren't you?
3: Amalgamated glass offered him $3 million. $3 million and 5% of their stock. What kind of a businessman turns down an offer like that? They
4: wanted to close the Branbury glass plant. You know that. Half the people in this town would have been thrown out of work.
3: Well, thank goodness my brother will have better sense.
4: Uncle Stanley? <laughs> What's he got to do with it?
3: Your Uncle Stanley will be taking over the management of Branbury glass now, Douglas.
4: Uncle Stanley, Will?
3: Yes. Characteristics.
4: My father had planned to put me in charge when he retired. He didn't know, of course, he was going to die.
3: Your father left his entire estate for me. That includes the factory, you know.
4: And you intend to make Uncle Stanley the
3: manager? Well, Douglas, I I don't want to hurt you, but... Well, I'm sorry to say that I see some of your father's unfortunate characteristics in you. You've just said, you've just finished saying... That your father was right not to sell the plant. would have turned Brambury into a ghost town. Well, he called... Oh. Brambury's near enough a ghost town in any case. And the people who live in it are not children. Let them take care of themselves. They're not our responsibility. My father felt they were his. You see what I mean? You're just like him. Thank you. A dreamer. Oh, and his choice of friends... Good heavens, the people he called friends. There were several hundred people outside the church today,
4: just standing there. They couldn't get inside because there wasn't room, but they wanted to pay their respects. I don't think so badly.
3: Uh, Douglas, while we're on the subject of friends and the choosing of them, uh, where was that girlfriend of yours today, that little, um, that little blonde? What's her name? Phyllis
4: Downs. You know her name.
3: I didn't see her at the funeral today.
4: She was outside with the others, I expect. She knew you'd only snub her if she tried to come inside.
5: Yes, I was there, Doug. Outside. And, you know, I was sort of glad I was out there instead of in the church. I was really sitting right there watching the people. They loved your father. You could see it in their faces.
4: You know, a crazy thing, I... I had this strange feeling all day, well, ever since he died, actually, but especially today, that that Pop was there. I just... You know, he might as well have been sitting right there in the pew beside me. Is, is that completely
5: nutty? Oh, who are we to say so? I never really believed in stuff like that. Well, I don't think there's any way to believe or so she's going to make all such things flatly, Doug. The fact is, we don't know. That's true. You really miss him, don't you, Doug? Like,
4: can. Uh, except for you, the world has come to an end.
5: Well, at least there will always be me.
4: Thank the Lord. They're going to sell the glassworks, I think. What? Mother says she's going to make Uncle Stanley the manager now that Pop's gone.
5: Uncle Stanley? But can she do that?
4: She says my father left his entire estate to her. Wouldn't. Well. Do everything. Sure of herself.
5: And they'll sell the plant?
4: The buyers will close it down. That's the only reason anybody ever wanted to buy Branbury glass.
5: They might as well close the town down, too.
4: That's about what it amounts to.
5: He'd have given us his blessing, wouldn't he?
4: Of course. I talked to him about us.
5: But your mother won't. She'll do everything she can to keep us from marrying. What can she do?
4: I'm a big boy. I want to marry you, and I intend to. She has nothing to say about it.
5: I'm not so sure of that. Uh... Control of the money as well as the factory. She can put some pressure on you.
1: So it's settled. We sell.
3: You're quite sure you'll be able to find a buyer.
1: Oh, no problem there. I don't know how the price will hold up, that's the only thing. Why shouldn't it hold up? We're coming to them now, they're not coming to us. Well, I still don't The price, whatever, will still be good enough to make us very wealthy people. I'll get on the phone first thing in the morning. Are you here, Uncle Stanley? Unless I miss Shh. my... get. What? What is it?
3: I thought I heard somebody on the porch.
1: A little early for Doug to be coming home from a date, isn't it? Well, we? he
3: hasn't been feeling himself. He... There. It is Douglas. Oh,
4: I, um... I didn't expect to find you here, Uncle Stanley.
3: Doug. Well, you're home early, Douglas. Did you, uh... Quarrel with your little friend, what's her name?
4: No, Phyllis and I didn't quarrel. I'm going up to my room, Mother. Florida, I think, would be
3: something I believe you ought to know.
4: I'll take it standing up, if you don't mind.
3: Your Uncle Stanley and I have definitely decided that the best thing to do is to sell the factory.
1: I see. Best for whom? Best for everybody, boy. It'll make us all rich.
4: What about the rest of the people in Branbury?
3: We'll move out of here, Douglas. Uh, Somewhere in Florida, I think, would be nice.
4: I'll fight it. I'll take it to court. Douglas. That's not what my father planned for the Branbury Glass Company. and I don't intend to stand by. Douglas,
3: and... that's quite enough
1: of that kind of talk. I'm saying. there was a saint the way you go on about him. Close enough.
3: Oh, Douglas, don't be silly. If there ever was an unsaintly man, it was surely your father. He was a drunkard, a procrastinator, and a woman chaser. That's a lie. Douglas. Douglas. All right.
4: Understand what I'm saying. I'll do
1: everything I can to keep you from selling the plants. You'll come to agree with us, I'm sure, once you've taken time to think it over rationally. Oh, now, think how nice. Don't.
3: Florida, we can
4: I'm just... not going to Florida. I'm staying in Branbury. Maybe I can help pick up the pieces after they close the plant down. Anyway, Phyllis and I are going to be married. Oh.
3: You are not going to marry that... that cheap little tramp...
4: You presume too much on the fact that you're my mother. Don't. I'm going up to bed. You are not going to marry her. You have nothing to say about it, Mother. Doug. Mm.
6: Douglas. Can you hear me, Doug? don't. Don't be frightened, my son. There's nothing to be afraid of. Who,
4: who, who, who's that?
6: No, no. Don't, don't let it upset you, my son. It's perfectly all right.
7: <gasps> Pop, is that?
6: Who is it? Yes, yes, it's me, Dino. Oh, don't, don't turn your light on just yet. I still have to materialize. Huh? There's no point in you watching a thing like that. Materializing is... No, Doug, no. It's not a joke. It's just... Now, wait. Wait just a minute. Uh, okay. Okay, Doug, you can... You can turn your lamp on now. Uh. Pop. Hello, son. You know, this materializing is kind of tricky for a beginner.
7: Is it...
4: Is it really you, Pop?
6: Oh, he... Yes, yes, it's me, all right. What a ghost? Well, yes, never real. Yes, you could say that. It's it's a word we don't particularly favor, but yes.
4: All day, I had a feeling. I I had this crazy feeling that... That,
6: that I was with you, right? Well, I was. I, you know, that, that was quite a funeral.
4: You saw? The people outside, everything?
6: Yeah, it was very moving, very... I never realized that all those people were so fond of... Well... Well, I'm I'm not here to talk about that.
4: Why did you come back, Pop? People don't usually, do they?
6: No, well, former people. Uh, See, The thing is, Doug, well, I've been made a Class D spirit. A Class D
4: spirit?
6: It's all very fair, all according to the regulations. See, a Class D spirit has to walk the earth. That's the way it's always been. What is a Class D spirit? Well, we're people... Of a former people whose murders have yet to be avenged. Oh, yeah. Mm hmm. Did you ever see Shakespeare's Hamlet? Or you must have. Oh,
7: yes, of course. No,
6: not uh, that Hamlet. That Hamlet. Oh, not very bright, maybe, but a good boy. His father got murdered and he couldn't rest a minute until the murder was avenged and his father could get out of Class D.
4: Pop, you died of a heart attack. Doctor Peterson said so. He signed the certificate that way.
6: Don't you believe it, son? Your Uncle Stanley smothered me with a pillow.
2: <gasps> Murder Most Foul Since the art of storytelling this one, there have been tales of men and women murdered and unavenged. But who is to say with certainty that these lost souls walk only within the confines of fiction? The murder which goes unavenged is the murder which never comes to light. To shed some light on this one, I'll be back shortly. Peterson's too. <laughs> Douglas Cardwell's father, dead now these three days, has just come to his son in the still of the night and spoken to him of murder. Although Dr. Peterson signed a certificate saying that Edmund Cardwell's death was brought about by coronary arrest, Edmund himself claims that the cause was a pillow held over his face. And I think... ...in-law, Stanley. You can't
4: mean that, Pop. Uncle Stanley? There was never any trouble between you and Uncle Stanley, was there? I mean, why should he want to kill you? Well,
6: I don't know myself exactly why he would want to do such a thing, but since I know he did it, then it follows he had a motive, doesn't it? Yes. Yes.
4: And I think I know what
6: it was. You do? Well, then maybe you'd better tell me. Well,
4: Mother's putting Uncle Stanley in charge at the plant. Oh, Lord, Lord,
6: I was afraid. But you were just...
4: They're planning to sell out. They told me tonight just before I came up to bed.
6: Well, there's all the motive you need. Uh, son, listen, I, uh... I have to tell you something about your mother and me.
4: No need, Pop. Do you think I wouldn't notice when you and Mother started using separate bedrooms? Well, I... What was I supposed to think that meant? But you were just a child then, Doug. Almost 12. Kids aren't stupid, Pop.
6: Oh, no. Apparently not. Well, I'm i am sorry. terrible thing to do. It's shameful to do a thing like that to a boy. Well, then maybe it won't surprise you too much when I tell you I have reason to suspect your mother of being, well, an accomplice to my murder. Mother? Hmm. Oh, come on, No, she's been after me for years to sell that factory. Well, it would have been a profitable thing to do if you didn't take into consideration the harm it would have done.
4: Still, to say that she had a hand... Well, she,
6: she was at home that night. Now, I came in late. We had a quarrel. I went on up to bed. Somebody had to let your Uncle Stanley into the house. Right? She must have. She must have stayed down there waiting for him while he was upstairs holding that pillow over my face. I'm sorry, Doug. Sorry, but I don't see how he could have done it otherwise.
4: It's a terrible thing to have to believe about your own mother.
6: Terrible. I'm very sorry.
4: But she has been saying some nasty things about you.
6: I'll tell you one thing she was right about. I was a procrastinator to, well, to all son. I agree. I've been meaning ever since the day you turned 21 to have my will changed in your favor, but somehow, well, I just put it off from day to day until, well, it's just too late now.
4: It's going to be pretty hard on the town of Branbury if they sell the plant. You know whoever buys it will close it down.
6: Well, now, don't, don't give up, son. Huh. I'm not in, in very good shape for a fight, but we're not through yet all the same.
4: What is it you want me to do?
6: Well, I'm hanged if I know right this minute, son. We we should always walk. Think of something, though, the two of us together. (sighs) Well, right now I'm just about tuckered out. Now, let's think about it until tomorrow night. And I'll appear to you again then at midnight. Wherever you are at midnight, I'll be there. Okay.
4: Why is it always midnight, Pop? I mean, why do ghosts always walk at midnight?
6: Oh, well, it's... It's tradition. Huh? Ah. it's tradition, I guess, mm-hmm. as far as I can tell. As far as I can tell, it's no easier at midnight than any other time.
3: Douglas, you've hardly touched your breakfast, did it? That's right.
4: They're fine, Mother. I'm not hungry, that's all.
3: Well, you have to eat. You can't go on. Very
4: strange thing has happened, Mother. Strange? I saw my father last night. You what? He came to me in my room. Have you lost your mind? I don't think so. Oh, you
3: dreamed it.
4: No, Mother, I was awake. It was no dream. He... He sat on the edge of the bed and we talked. Almost the way we used to talk. Only not about the same kind of thing. For
3: heaven. And what did you talk about in this dream that wasn't a dream?
4: Murder. We talked about murder. About murder? He told me he'd been murdered. Uncle Stanley held a pillow over his face and smothered him.
3: Oh, for heaven's sake, Doug.
4: That told me, and I believed him.
3: You believed him? You actually think your Uncle Stanley would... Oh. Oh, my poor Douglas, it's... it's... I'm so sorry. It's just been too much for you, hasn't it? I didn't realize. Too much,
4: yes. But I am not out of my mind. I know what I saw, and I know what I heard. That isn't all of it, either, I'm afraid. It's
3: quite enough for me.
4: He thinks you were involved. He thinks you helped Uncle
3: Stanley kill him. Of your business. All right, Douglas. I've heard all of this kind of talk I intend to listen to. I'll call Dr. Peterson and see if he can recommend a good psychiatrist. You can call
4: if you like, Mother. But I'm not going to see a psychiatrist. I don't need one. Where are you going? Out. There are some people I want to see. What people? If you want me to come right out with it, that is none of your business. Douglas! You can't bully me the way you've always bullied my father.
1: My boy, I want you to know how deeply grieved... Was there a death and I want to offer my... Most heartfelt condolences.
4: Thank you, Mr. Conrad.
1: You'd been my father's lawyer for a good many years, hadn't you? His legal advisor and one of his closest friends. Twenty years or more, I'd say.
4: Mr. Conrad, did he, um... Did he ever mention... (laughs) I, I don't want to sound greedy at
1: a time like this, but... Was
4: there ever any talk of changing the will in my favor?
1: Oh, yes, yes, indeed there was. Unfortunately, it was never done. But it had been his intention for some time. I see would be costly and of health we always thought there was plenty of time the thing is my mother with the help of my uncle stanley
4: they're um, they're talking about selling the glassworks
1: oh dear your father wouldn't have wanted that neither do i is there any way we can stop them uh, i suppose uh, you could delay it by taking it to court it would be costly and i i don't believe you'd stand much chance of winning you advise against it then I believe I would have to advise against it, yes, yes. He was a ghost.
4: You can believe it or not, but I swear he was there, sitting on the bed right beside me. You actually saw
5: a ghost?
4: Well, you know, he didn't seem like a ghost. He was just my father. Oh, he was a ghost, all right. At first, I I could sort of half-see through him.
5: Oh, that's spooky, all right.
4: Didn't bother me too much, really. And he got himself solidified after a while. ...into a fish pot. ...is hard for a beginner, he said.
5: The poor dear. And murdered too. You said your father mentioned Hamlet?
4: A Class D spirit, Pop says, has to walk the earth until he's avenged. Hamlet's father was Class
5: D. In Hamlet, he got killed and his girlfriend went off her rocker and jumped into a fish pond or something. I don't find that too attractive.
4: Well, I don't think he meant us to follow Shakespeare's script altogether. Would you like some dessert? Oh, there's no hurry. Well, the only thing is, I guess that would be home by midnight. Why? He promised he'd show up again at midnight tonight. We're going to see if we can figure out what to do.
5: Well, does it have to be there? In your room? Well,
4: he did say wherever I was.
5: Why? Well, couldn't we go to my apartment? If he's going to show up wherever you are, why not my apartment?
4: Ah, I guess that would be all right. If you're sure, you won't be afraid.
5: Of that, sweet old man? Don't be silly. Oh,
3: Oh, all right. Oh, answer it, Stanley. Answer it, will you? Oh, Stanley, where in the world have you been? I've been trying this whole live-long evening to reach you.
1: I had a very busy day, Gertrude, a very tiring day, and I don't want to be yelled
3: at. Oh, all right, all right. But where were you?
1: I was having dinner with a prospect.
3: A prospect? You mean you've had this whole day to work on it and you still haven't settled anything?
1: I think I made a deal. Two minutes to twelve. To your approval, of course. Consolidated bottling is willing I don't
3: to... want to hear about it this way. Not on the phone. I want you to come over here right away.
1: Gertrude, I'm tired and I'm not feeling well. I've had a hard day. At
3: once, I... Stanley.
5: What time is it now, Doug?
4: Two minutes to twelve, if my watch is right. You're not frightened, are you, Phyllis? Of
5: course not. Well, maybe a little nervous.
4: Oh, you needn't be. He's really just the same.
5: Except dead. Phyllis, what time is it now? Twenty seconds later. He may be late,
4: you know. Punctuality was never one of my father's virtues.
5: But surely now that he's...
4: Doug.
6: Doug. (gasps) Yes, Pop. I'm here. Well, you're not... You don't seem to be alone.
4: Oh, it's all right, Pop. You remember Phyllis. Phyllis Downs?
6: Oh, yes. Yes, of course. Uh, just a minute. Now, uh... There. It... It was... Anything new? You know the materializing seems to get easier as you go along. Phyllis. Phyllis, how nice to see you again.
7: It's
5: good to see you too, Mr. Cardwell. Only, well, give me a minute to get used to it.
6: I I expect it is unnerving. It's nothing to be afraid of, though.
5: I'm not afraid. Of
6: course you're not. Well, Doug, anything new? Well,
4: Uncle Stanley was supposed to be out taking bids for the plant today.
6: Well, he won't have any trouble. Plenty of people eager to buy a bramberry glass. Mm. Doug, uh, you told your mother... I suppose I'll do last night, didn't you?
4: Yes. Shouldn't I have?
6: Well, it doesn't really matter.
4: Have you thought of anything?
6: No. No, I'm sorry to say I haven't. <sighs> now, I, I don't want to get you into a bad situation down here, and yet, if I'm to be reclassified, I have to be avenged. And, well, Doug, I just don't know.
4: Well, I suppose I'll do whatever I have to. There must be some better way than the way Hamlet did it.
6: No, no, no. All I said was that Hamlet was a good boy. I didn't ask you to do any of the things, he little trooper. I don't want you to make the kind of mess he made of things. Certainly, I don't want you to go wrong...
5: I just thought of something. Hmm? In Hamlet, they did a play. Remember?
7: Yeah.
6: Hmm.
5: A bunch of strolling players came along, and Hamlet made up a scene for them to act out, to catch the conscience of the king. Right. Why couldn't we do that?
6: A whole troupe of actors?
5: I have a home movie camera. Got it as a present last Christmas, and it's absolutely
6: marvelous. But, Phyllis...
5: It takes pictures indoors with just ordinary room lighting, and I've got viewers just live...
6: Yes, but we'd still need actors.
5: No, we wouldn't, don't you see? You could play yourself, and Doug could play Uncle Stanley, and we'd reenact the crime.
6: Oh, I, I, I don't know about that, Phyllis. I... I only tried acting once in my high school senior class play, and, well, to tell you the truth, I was terrified.
5: All you'd have to do is just lie there on the bed, Mr. Cardwell, while Uncle Stanley held the pillow over your face. You wouldn't have to act.
6: Well,
4: it didn't work very well in Hamlet.
5: Well, it sure caught the con. If we can scare Uncle Stanley badly enough, Who knows what might happen?
6: Well, you know, I don't think you can take pictures of spirits. I mean, I don't think spirits show up on film. Oh, Mr. Cardwell,
5: please. That's just superstitious nonsense.
6: Probably. Like seeing a ghost. (laughs) Well, we can try. Goodness knows I have nothing better to suggest.
2: It has been said that nature imitates art, which, I suppose, could be made to read reality imitates fiction. But is Hamlet, Prince of Denmark, a wise choice of models? As I recall, there was nobody left except the ghost of the murdered king. Perhaps, however, reality need not slavishly follow the pattern of fiction. Perhaps in the case at hand, some of the misery will be edited out. We'll see... specter with Act Three. The late Edmund Cardwell has been designated a Class D spirit, which means that he must walk the earth until his murder is avenged. He has appeared as a rather lifelike specter to his son, Douglas, and now also to Phyllis Downes, who is engaged to marry Douglas. The three of them, in trying to determine how best this vengeance may be, i afraid to... have hit upon a device used by Hamlet in Shakespeare's drama. The play's the thing, they've decided, wherein they'll catch the conscience of Uncle Stanley. At this moment, they're examining the bedroom of Phyllis's apartment, which she has proposed as the setting
6: for their filmed drama. No, no, Phyllis. I'm afraid it just won't do It isn't it the least like my own bedroom where, the, where uh, the crime was committed.
5: Well, then, we'll have to make the film in your room. With Mother in the house? <laughs> I don't care what she... No, my mother. We can wait until she's gone to bed. After all, it's going to be a silent film.
4: And if my mother wakes up?
5: If she wakes up, your father simply disappears. He can do that. We hide the camera before we let her in, and she finds the two of us alone in your father's room. That's all they'll be to find.
4: You know what she's going to think.
5: So? I don't care what she thinks, do you? <laughs> Are you afraid of her, Doug? Of
6: course she is, my dear. Everybody's afraid of Gertrude.
3: Where else? Well, it's about time, Stanley. What took you so long?
1: Gertrude, can we just get this over with? I've had a stomachache all day, and I don't think I've ever been this tired before in my whole life.
3: I don't want to talk in this house, Stanley.
1: But, but I came all the way over here because I'll
3: explain ins- it to you later, somewhere else. I'm afraid of being overheard if we talk here.
1: Overheard? Is Doug home? No,
3: he isn't. He's out with that
1: that girl. Well, then who's going to overhear us?
3: I tell you that Douglas softened, if you must know. Edmund? He's still in this house, Stanley. I can feel it. He's still here.
1: Gertrude, Edmund's dead. We buried him a few days ago.
3: He's here all the same. He's come back, Stanley.
1: Oh, oh, oh if I didn't feel so lousy, that would almost be funny. You, of all people.
3: Maybe you won't think it so funny when I tell you that Douglas saw him last night. And talked to him.
1: I don't believe it.
3: Douglas says he did. He also says that Edmund is accusing you of smothering him <laughs> with a pillow said that. He did.
1: But... But, but how would he no, know? No.
3: He wouldn't. Unless Edmund told him. Now, do you understand why I want to get out of this place?
4: The lights are still on in the living room. Stay in the shadow of these bushes,
5: Phyllis. What time does your mother usually go to bed?
4: Earlier than this, as a rule... It's almost one...
5: Yes, it's Your father's going to materialize in his room after we get there. Is that the plan?
4: Or before. He thought it'd be easier than... <gasps>
5: Wait a minute. The light just went out.
4: We'll still have to give her some time. Honey, she didn't turn on her bedroom light first. She usually... Shh,
5: shh. Somebody's coming out the front
3: door.
4: I think it's... Yes, it's Mother. <gasps> and there's somebody with her. Uncle Stanley, it looks like. Built like him, at least.
5: He's fat.
4: Pretty portly, yes. Feeling. Round to the garage, it looks like.
5: Beautiful. If they drive away somewhere in the car, it'll be a cinch to get inside.
4: Mother doesn't like to drive at night, but Uncle Stanley sometimes parks his car back by the garage. Come over here behind the bushes, so the lights won't catch you as they back out.
5: It's going to work, Doug. I have a feeling we're going to do it, and it's going to work. Your uncle Stanley
6: Pop right here, Doug. They went out somewhere, she and Stanley.
4: Yes, we saw them go. Okay, to turn the light on. Sure.
5: All right, let's get started.
6: Well, now, what do I have to do?
5: Just lie down on the bed and close your eyes. Mm-hmm. Doug, you wrap a blanket or something around your middle so you'll look thick like your uncle Stanley. Now, we'll have a run-through first. One should do that.
6: Who ever heard of anybody reenacting his own murder? A man shouldn't be asked to die more than once. Oh, he was the host. Oh,
3: Stanley, you know I hate saloons.
1: Come on, Gertrude. There's nothing else open this time of night. Now, would you like to hear what I did today, or wouldn't you? Oh, all right. Yes, of course I want to hear. Well, it's not quite as good as we'd hoped. Everyone knows Edmund's dead, you see, and they know he was the holdout. They know you and I are ready to sell. So? So the price has gone down.
3: I might have known. You bungled it.
1: Gertrude, these people are not stupid. I right, had a million's better. Glass is a small plant. It's a nuisance to the big companies, that's all. The best offer I got was from Consolidated Bottling. One million dollars and three percent of their common stock. Take it or leave it.
3: Hmm, I happen to know that Amalgamated once offered... I
1: said take it or leave it.
3: Oh. All right, all right. A million's better than nothing.
1: Considerably. So can I go home and get some sleep? Well, what still has to be done? Consolidated as a board meeting scheduled for 10.30 tomorrow morning.
3: Good,
5: too. I...
1: ...for that. If the deal gets past the board, it'll go to the legal department and they'll draw up the papers. With luck, I might have something for you to sign tomorrow night. All right, I guess that wraps
5: it up. Pretty good, too, I think. That last take was very effective. Actually gave me the shivers.
6: Yeah, it gave me worse than that. I just hope it does some good, that's all.
5: It will. It has to. We'd shot. still can.
4: Yes, I don't much want to see my mother just now.
5: Now, I'll have them develop and print this film tomorrow morning. Will you see if you can arrange for us to show it to them tomorrow night, Doug?
4: I'll try to get them together. I think it'd be just as well not to tell them why. I don't believe they'd be very interested right now in watching home
5: movies. They'll be interested, all right. Once they see that first shot.
4: Hello? This is Doug, Phyllis. I just had a talk with... Does he know? ...from the drugstore now.
5: Is it all set up for us to show the film
4: tonight? Uncle Stanley's going to be at the house tonight at 8 o'clock. He hopes to have the papers for Mother to sign by then. It looks like tonight or never. You didn't
7: say anything to your Mother about the film.
4: No. No. We'll just show up with it at the house and make them watch it. That's the only way I can think of. Does...
7: does he know?
4: My father? I'm not sure. I suspect he's pretty much in touch with what's going on, though. I'm right here with you, son. <gasps>
7: right here?
6: In the
4: phone booth? The
6: film. Pop... Ask her if I showed up all right on the film, Doug.
4: Phyllis, Pop's here with me in the phone booth.
6: He wants to know
4: if he showed up all right on the film.
7: Just as well
5: as you did.
6: Hmm. It's Funny. Somewhere I got the idea you couldn't take pictures of Class D spirits.
5: Doug, ask him if he's going to be there tonight when we show the film.
6: Pop, she wants to know... I know, it. I know, I heard. I'll be there in spirit at least. I'm not sure that I'm up to facing your mother in the flesh. for <laughs>
3: 10 minutes late, Stanley? I
1: know.
3: Oh, come on in. Did you bring the papers?
1: They're all ready for your signature. I may go down to Florida myself when this is all over, or someplace, at least for a few weeks. I need the rest. Well,
3: there won't be anything to hold either of us in Brambury. Uh, let me have the papers.
1: I got them right here in my attache case. They had the whole legal department working on this thing.
3: Somebody outside.
1: I didn't hear any. Oh.
3: Hello, Mother. Uncle
4: Stanley? Hmm. Uh. You've both met Phyllis, haven't you?
3: We've met, mm. yes. We have something to show
4: you, Mother. Oh, both of you.
3: I'm afraid it'll have to wait, Douglas. We're very busy right now.
4: Oh, not too busy for this, I hope.
3: It's a short piece of film. It doesn't run more than a few minutes.
5: Run? What is it you've got, Douglas? A screen.
4: And this is a projector. Won't take us a second to set it up.
1: Uh, Gertrude, why don't you just sign these papers and let me get out of here? I, I don't, I... Feel well enough to watch any home movies tonight. Oh, you'll be interested in this, Uncle Stanley. You especially.
3: This wall will do. Is it all right if I take this picture down? No, it is not, young lady. And we don't have time for any of this nonsense. I want you... Sure,
4: take it down, Phyllis. Here, let me help you. Douglas!
3: Oh, you'll find
4: this fascinating, Mother. I guarantee it.
5: Okay, all set here. You can turn the lights
3: out, Doug.
1: Douglas! I don't want to... Oh, Lord.
3: Douglas, that's your father.
1: How did you get... there's more,
4: Mother. Wait until you've seen it all. It's me.
1: Somehow they got... They got pictures of it.
4: You'll notice. That's a pillow Uncle Stanley has in his hands, Mother.
3: Where did you get this... This filthy thing? Shut it
1: off. I I don't want to... I can't... Oh.
3: oh. Shut that dreadful thing off.
4: You haven't seen the best part.
1: There. You see?
4: Oh. The pillows. I'm over my father's face. I told oh. you to. Okay, shut it off, Phyllis.
3: Stanley!
4: Here, here, let me get to him, Mother. There's no pulse. I'm afraid. You
3: killed him. You killed my brother. Oh, Doug.
4: A heart attack, I imagine.
3: Oh, Stanley, speak to me. I, I won't have this, you understand?
6: Speak to me.
4: It's no good, Mother.
6: Good truth. Gertrude, can you hear me? It's papers out of Stanley's...
3: Douglas, it's your father. Yes. Is he going to... Will he?
6: <clears throat> oh.
3: No, 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 Edmund, go away, go away, you're dead, Edmund!
6: And just about out of Class D. There's one thing, though, Gertrude... Go away! I will, Gertrude, but first, take those papers out of Stanley's attache case. Now, you know the papers I mean. There. Now, tear them up.
3: I will not. The factory is mine now, and I have every right to sell it. True.
6: Be over to him. Yes? Haunt you for the rest of your life. Because I will...
3: If you were alive, you'd never get away with this.
6: Yes, but as you say, Gertrude, I'm dead. Uh, Tear them up, Gertrude. Thank you. Now... You're to put Doug in charge of Branbury glass. In fact, I think it would be a good thing if you deeded the factory over to him. Yes, yes, I think that would be best.
3: Now, you listen here. And you,
6: you may keep the house if you like. The liquid assets, I think, ought to be divided equally between the two of you. You see, Doug's... Yes, he and Phyllis are planning to be married.
3: I will do it. According to your will... Oh,
6: I just made a new will, Gertrude. Weren't you listening? Or, of course, I could stay... And haunt you.
3: All right. Now, go away. Oh, poor Stanley.
6: Yes, yes, I, I am sorry about that in a way. At least though he won't be in Class D. He died a natural death. Um, I'll be going now, Doug. I will remind you. Long life and happiness.
4: We, we won't be seeing you again?
6: No, not as long as your mother keeps her promise. It's better that way, really. Remember me, though. I hope you'll remember me.
3: I won't forget him.
4: Phyllis and I will be around to remind you, if you ever should.
2: And those thorns avenged, and free at last to take his final rest. The mother? Well, the ghost of Hamlet's father said to Hamlet, Taint not thy mind, nor let thy soul contrive against thy mother aught. Leave her to heaven, and to those thorns that in her bosom lodge do prick and sting her. I'll return, in the flesh, of course, in a few minutes. Little Town. The Branbury glass factory was never sold, and Doug Cardwell, since taking over its management, has made a very good thing of it. Branbury is still a thriving little town, with no more than the usual concern over unemployment. Doug and Phyllis live in the old house now, and Doug's mother wears a lovely father adventure. His father has never had occasion to return. Our cast included Will McKenzie, Jennifer Harmon, Grace Matthews, Joe Silver, and Leon. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.